at the very least, human design offers us an amazing language and a framework to think about how we and those around us operate. And it's a thing to experiment with. It's a thing to play with. It's a thing to kind of like integrate into our lives and discover what happens when we really align with it or don't. And so just giving ourselves the permission to kind of be fluid in the way that we explore it, I think can be really empowering. Welcome to Crazy Wisdom. I'm your host, Luke Antrop. Crazy Wisdom is our show about the wild, the unexpected and interesting places we find ourselves in during our quest to live a life of deeper meaning and deeper truth. My hope is with each conversation and each story, you discover a new part of yourself on your journey towards making the most out of this one wild and precious life. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. I am joined this week by Aaron Claire Jones, who's a human design expert. Human design is this really elaborate, amazing system to understand ourselves in different ways. And I've been thinking about like, what's the best way for you all, the Crazy Wisdom community, to experience this episode and to really understand human design? And if you've never heard about it before, this is brand new to you, I think you'll enjoy the episode. I was thinking it may be even more interesting and more kind of engaging for you to actually know your type as you're listening to this episode. So you can go online and there's a myriad of human design typing sites where you can get your type, which might be really helpful to listen to because then you can hear yourself in the episode as Aaron's describing the types. She also is super generous and shared a discount code for her human design blueprint, which is something that I've gotten from her. It's this 55 page report. It's amazing. It will give you in great detail all the information about your type. The discount code is crazy. So if you're interested in that, check that out. And then you can hear yourself in the episode. Um, But either way you listen to it, I hope it's really engaging. I thoroughly enjoyed the interview. Here's Aaron. I am joined on this week's show by Aaron Claire Jones. Aaron is a human design expert and she provides readings and her blueprints for human design have been very useful for me. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. We're thrilled to have you. I think a good place to start is at the very highest level, tell this audience a little bit about what is human design. Of course. So human design is a system based on your time, date, and place of birth that reveals your energetic blueprint and how you are uniquely wired to thrive. And by that, I mean how you are wired to work best in business, in relationships, as a parent. And it really just gives us each our kind of own unique roadmap to finding more flow in our lives. Yes, fantastic. Yeah, I, I have to say, I have come across very few things that have nailed me better than my human design type. Crazy, it is, right? it's remarkable. I mean, I've taken every personality test known to yeah. humans. I have, you know, had astrology readings and and kind of gone down some pretty deep rabbit holes around really trying to understand the uniqueness that is. That is me. Mm -hmm. And human design ranks. I mean, it ranks at the top right up there with the Enneagram for me as like really nailing the way that I move through life, how I create, how I am in relationships and what kind of what I need in order to kind of be at my best. And um, it's it's actually pretty magical. So I'm thrilled to have you on the show today and kind of like help people understand the ins and outs of this model. Of course. Yeah. I hear that so often. Honestly, it's like people and I also have explored so many modalities, but there's something about human design that really has like, it's so specific that I think people, especially people that have been resistant to stuff like this in the past, they're like, 
this is crazy. Like, have you been reading my journal? It just really gives us such a language for things that we've often always felt about ourselves and rarely given ourselves permission to step into. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Yeah. So for me, to the extent that, you know, I did a, a, a session with you where you read my chart, I don't know, a couple of years ago, and it actually informed my entire year about how mm. I kind of like, uh, was my creative process. It created a, a, a mantra for myself and we can get into exactly what, where that came from yeah. in the chart. But, you know, I had this thing that I put on my mirror every morning I saw it and it said, I impulsively create, Oh yes. right? Because yeah. I don't know if you remember this, I, but I like, do. yeah, so there's this thing, it's part of my, we'll get into what this means, but like my splenic authority that, um, if I just start noodling on things and chewing them up and like dissecting them and getting a bunch of feedback, like I just kind of talk myself out of what I always have known that I need to do mostly with my work in the world, but also as a parent, as you know, in relationship and it has been a complete game changer for me to, to impulsively create as I have an idea arise to just effing go for it. So uh, thank you for that. Oh my God. So <laughs> cool. Yeah, of course. I think yeah. that it's, I remember that in our conversation. I'm so glad to hear that. And I think it's so good to be reminded of that be like, yes, follow it. Don't sleep on it. Go for it. You know? So yeah, that's yeah. cool to hear. Yeah. So let's just start with the, so there's essentially five types as I understand it, which are kind of like the main types, right? And then we have, there's other layers that you can add in. Like I mentioned, there's these authorities and there's numbers, but really the essence of human design is in these five types. Perhaps it'd be helpful for you to talk through these five types. Yeah, of course. So in human design, there are five types, like you said, manifesting generators, generators, projectors, reflectors, and manifestors. If y'all want to look yours up, you can at humandesignblueprint.com. It's going to be a crazy looking chart. Look at the type piece first, you know, don't need to understand it all at the beginning, but our type is such an important piece. And it's also just the first piece. There's so much more underneath it. Like you said, but they really, our types speak to how we best use our energy and also how to create the most aligned opportunities for ourselves. So manifesting generators and generators are the majority. Doesn't mean they're not rare. Again, everything else underneath their design is going to be so unique and different, but it basically means that they really have so much powerful energy to kind of build and create and make things happen. When they're really lit up and excited by what they're doing, they have so much energy, they become so much more magnetic, and they kind of like bring energy to everyone around them. And so a big lesson for both of those types is really prioritizing their own satisfaction, their own excitement, not seeing that as a selfish choice. Boundaries is really important for them because they have so much powerful energy. People can want to take advantage of it in lots of ways. So really trusting their gut to know what they're available for manifesting generators specifically are meant to be quite kind of multi-passionate by nature moving their energy in between lots of different things. They are designed to kind of pivot, shift direction, reinvent themselves. They're often very fast at making things happen. And generators really bring this kind of like steadfast, masterful and committed energy to what they do. And both manifesting generators and generators are meant to let things come to them and wait for things to kind of spark their gut before they go after it. Is that clear? Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, and my memory is this is like, as you said, like the majority of the population are going to fit into one of these two. Correct. I noticed that you kind of lump those two together. Maybe is there a reason why those kind of work together or don't? Yeah, I think there are plenty of human design teachers that actually don't separate them at all. Um, uh -huh. I think that they are because they share a strategy because they're both meant to let things come to them. They're both doers. Like it is so many of the like core tenets they share 
but there are some nuances, you know, and the biggest ones being that like often manifesting generators are quite multi-passionate, like doing lots of things, like being really fast. Whereas generators might be a little bit more like, I will dive deeply into this thing. And then I will dive deeply into this thing. But, um, but there is a lot of similarity and more similarity than difference, but you know, there's some nuance to it. So, um, projectors are the next type and they really are here to be leaders, teachers, guides, advisors, not here to do all the doing. Um, they often are very innately sensitive to and wise about people. Um, and so they often end up in positions of CEO, manager, guide, coach, leader, like somewhere where they're really kind of like guiding others and asking the right questions. Their energy really ebbs and flows throughout the day. And so building kind of space and rest and ease into their days can be really important for them. They often love systems like human design. They love kind of anything that helps them better understand people and how they work. Um, and their strategy is to be recognized and invited in. So as projectors, I'm a projector. It's really important to kind of invest my energy in the places where I feel the most seen. And I think in terms of building a business, like it has not happened for me from like pitching or initiating opportunities, but just sharing and making myself visible and knowing that I am not for everyone, but like the right people will kind of resonate with the way that I share and invite me in. And so it's been... Hey, Aaron, would you you be willing to come on my podcast? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly how it happens. But you know, it's also like, you know, you... I don't don't know. Do you find me on Instagram initially? Uh, I believe through a mutual friend. Yes. Through a mutual friend. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. And so then we did a session, you know, it's just like all these kind of experiences, you know? And so like, that's just been such a big lesson for me of like, how can I just make myself visible and share myself with the world and trust that the right invitations will come from that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Then we've got manifestors, which is you. Yeah. Let's talk about, um, let's talk about manifestors. Yeah. So manifestors are really, they're about eight to 9% of the population and they're really here to be the initiators, the disruptors, people that are really good at kind of getting things started and getting the ball rolling not always sort of do all the doing themselves, you know? And so having the right support and allies around you is often key. And your energy is very bursty in a way that's different than projectors. Like you might have a couple days, couple weeks, couple hours where you're like on fire making something happen. And then you got to like pull back and retreat and reset and kind of wait for the next inspiration to kind of arise within you. Manifestors tend to really thrive with a lot of freedom. You are not really here to be told what to do, manage or guided in in any way, here to do things on your own terms and in your own way. Um, And a little bit disruptive, like you're kind of just here to like initiate and provoke people into like new ways of doing things and to kind of walk a new path. Like maybe start a podcast called Crazy Wisdom. That's about all these wild, unorthodox places we find ourselves in when we're wanting to live a deeper life. 100%. You know, that's so much of the journey of a manifestor is like, I want to be super out of the box, you know, I don't want to be disruptive Mm -hmm. and different. And like, I don't, I I can't fit in, you know? And so your strategy, and this is part of the impulsively creating is that you're really here to initiate. You're really here to kind of just Mm -hmm. like start the things that come to you and just trust it, even if you don't know where it's going to take you and just make sure that in the process of doing so that you keep the people around you in the loop. And that is the key. Yeah, yeah, it is the key. Most unnatural thing, but just like giving uh-huh. them a heads up allows for a lot more flow. Yeah. I mean, for me, the, uh, this piece around getting the right people around me that, that they thrive when they know exactly where they're, where they're pushing, what they're, you know, what's success for them, like giving them very clear direction about, Hey, let's do this. And here's how you're going to win doing this. And, 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 empowering the people around me to to kind of run with things and that's that once i could kind of unlock that it really uh, allowed me to create in a much more natural way um so just just i've i've had to really invest in like what's the team around me getting the right people the right right things around me for for my work 
Yeah. And also so much of being a manifester, I know we've talked about this, is that like, you're really good at getting things off the ground, but like, you might not have the energy to like keep all the things alive, you know? And so like, it's really good to have the right support where you can like be in the like initiating beginning energy and also hand things off and like free yourself up for the next thing to initiate, you know? And so having the right support is so key because you're just really not here to do it all alone. Yeah. Yeah. And then also just honoring that sometimes I need like a week to just go get lost in the woods and yes. not see another human. And, so and then I'll, I'll be, I'll be in the woods and all of a sudden I'll have a major download and it's like, okay, I need to go whatever, start a podcast or write an article or, you know, launch a new retreat. So yeah, totally. And you'll just know. And that's why it's like, if you don't give yourself time to like take rest in that way, you are, you become pretty unavailable for all these ideas and inspirations that want to come through you. And so that's why like rest and solitude is so key for you because you're making yourself available for it. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Those are, those are us manifestors. And then one more type. The last one is the reflector. If I remember correctly. Yes, yes. correct. The rarest type. These people are our collective mirrors, people that are deeply sensitive to their physical space and kind of always taking in and magnifying the energy that they're around. And so you get a really good sense of how a company is doing or a team is doing based on how that reflector is showing up. And so they really are meant to be such ruthless curators of the people and places they're spending time with and in because they're taking in and magnifying so much of that energy themselves. Um, they are very fluid. They're going to have days where they feel like a manifester, like a manifesting generator, like a generator. And like their job is not really to show up in just one way, but to honor whatever feels like them that day. And we call them evaluators in the context of business um, because they really just like see and sense things that most people don't. And so it's often really important for them to kind of be in spaces where they really treasure, where their perspective feels really treasured and invited in. Great. So those are the, those are the five types. And like in, in these systems, we start to just understand what our motivations are, how we best kind of create. And this, this lays over a couple of other domains or dimensions, right? So in the chart, there's also areas of kind of openness and, and authority that kind of map to the human body or kind of the Chinese medicine system. Can you talk us through a little bit of that part of this model? Yep. The centers you're talking about, right? Centers. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. So in human design, <laughs> there are nine different energy centers, which map in some ways to the chakra system, but it really is kind of these different areas of our body, like you said, that kind of govern different parts of our lives, like in terms of governing how we deal with stress, how we deal with emotions, how we deal with how we communicate, our intuition. And there are areas where we're really, really sensitive to others, which is really important to be aware of, and also areas where we really impact other people with our energy. Um, and in each of those areas, you know, I'll give an example with you for one, but like in each of those areas, I think that we can kind of be in the shadow or the wisdom of it. So I love exploring that with clients because it's just useful mm -hmm. to know. Like, for example, can I use you as a... Example? Yes, please. So one of the areas where you're... Actually, you tell me what you prefer. Would you prefer to hear about your very empathic nature or your very fluid identity nature? Uh both but uh, maybe we so two of the areas that i would say are potential challenges for you but also areas of extraordinary wisdom one is that you have what we call an open emotional center or undefined but yours is wide open so it means that you are hyper empathic somebody is feeling a thing and you're like cool i feel what you're feeling and i'm actually going to amplify it i'm at like 200 percent of where you're at and so like, it which used to drive me nuts as a kid, right? Like oh, I, I was just imagine. feeling everybody all the time. But once I figured out how to kind of regulate my own nervous system and kind of ground and found meditation and yoga, 
it's a superpower, right? I can Such be in somebody's presence and I can feel what they're feeling and totally. it guides me on how to help them and take them in their own healing or take them deeper into themselves. Right? That's it. Like that. And that's so the gift, the gift is like the, the shadow is overwhelmed. It's like, I don't know how to discern between what's mine and what's not. And I'm actually personalizing all these things that are not my own. And I feel like touchy and nervous and like more moody than actually feels natural. The wisdom as you're reflecting is like, I am the most powerful mirror. I can like sense where you're feeling. I can actually help you move through your feelings, but it's because I know they're not my own. It, it requires this kind of like healthy sense of detachment. And so it's just useful to know these elements, this spectrum, so we can really leverage the gifts because like you said, it's such an amazing superpower. I have so many friends and clients that have like written books on emotions because they're like, they have that center open and they're just like are experiencing the whole spectrum in terms of the identity piece. Um, this is another area where you meant to be very fluid so, you know, you, you are not really here to have one sense of purpose or one sense of identity. It's not like, this is who I am. I am Luke and I figured out my purpose and I'm like with it for life. Like you might be like in this time of my life, I'm expressing this way around this person. Mm -hmm. This part of me comes out like you are so vast in how you're here to express yourself. And so I would say probably the biggest shadow for you is trying to niche down and put yourself into one box. And the wisdom for you is getting super curious and be like, what part of me wants to come out today? Because I know I'm a multitude of things, you know, and you can be so <laughs> gifted at helping guide others around their sense of purpose and their sense of direction. Yeah. I mean, this is where this system is just, it's kind of mind blowing how it, it, it nails you, you know, like I, yeah, I just see these different chapters of my life professionally or in relationship. It just like, there's all these different permutations. And as you say, like, the times when I've really chosen to go deep in one area, usually I is, is the time that it's it like, I feel most alive. Right? Yes, so totally, you know, and it's just like going deep and also being like, and when it changes, that's okay. You know? And then the, the piece that I would share around an area of your design, that's more consistent. That's a little bit more of kind of where you draw your energy from, but can also be challenging for you is you've got a really strong sense of will. And so this is what we call a defined heart or ego center. And it means that when your heart is in it, you can kind of do anything and you can actually do anything like really fast. Your whole design is just like speed. And so I would say the shadow of this is having unrealistic expectations for other people where you're like, <laughs> where you're like why is everyone not doing it like me? And actually like no one can do it as well. So like, I'm going to take it on. And the wisdom for you is like, is like, how can I hold people to high standards, but not be unrealistic in my expectations of them? How can I like mm -hmm. delegate and allow and support and also not expect them to do it like me and just trust that they're going to have their own way. And also what I love about this one, just knowing what you do is that you have this really empowering energy. Like when you're around people, they're like, I can do anything. Anything's possible. They might get out of your energy and they're like, I don't know how to maintain that self-belief. Like mm -hmm. Luke gave me access. Yeah. Like how do I keep <laughs> it up? You know, and it's useful for you to be oh, aware of. Geez. So you can be like, I'm going to lend this to you, but I'm also going to like, consider ways that you can build systems that help you sustain it so that like, it's not always dependent on kind of that consistent willpower self-belief. Oh my gosh. I feel so seen <laughs> in the most painful, in the most painfully exquisite way. I Thank know, you. Right? Not always fun though. <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's these different centers, nine of them, some of them are open, some of them are closed. And when we get our kind of chart, we begin to understand what our unique imprint is. Now there's also numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Six numbers. And can you help us understand that? So people can start to feel like we have these main types and these centers and numbers. And this is where it gets pretty specific in this 
just kind of mind-blowingly marvelous way. So the the last layer, though, is the numbers. Yes. Yeah. Well, not the last. <laughs> My God, there's not so many the layers. last. Okay. Endless okay. layers underneath it. Um. But 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 a very important one. I'm glad you brought it up because it's a really. I, I definitely recommend people diving into it. So there are 12 different profiles in human design, and they're made up of six different numbers. So like you said, so you're four six. Um. So that would mean when I say six different numbers, it's one through six. So I'll kind of briefly go through those, but know that everyone's going to have different nuance based on what it's combined with. So if somebody has a one in their profile, they're often very natural investigators and I'll go through them quickly and then kind of dial in on yours to give an example. But they have a one, they're really here to dive deeply into things, build a really strong foundational understanding become an expert, become an authority. Having a two in a profile is so much around a very natural hermit energy not about hermiting all the time, but carving out that space for yourself. And also just bringing this like sense of like ease and innate talent to whatever it is that you do. The threes are very experimental, entrepreneurial, here to try things, make mistakes, screw them up, do better next time. Like they really are here to like, let it be messy and know that like everything that doesn't work brings them closer to what does. You have a four. And the four is so much around the value of community for you. Like your greatest opportunities are meant to come from the people that you know. And so really investing in and nourishing your relationships is like just the best thing that you can do because you are meant to like date people that you were friends with first, that you met through a friend, that you met at an event. You know, your clients are people often that you want to be friends with, that you want to deepen your connection with. Like you want to work with people that you want to be friends with, but like community is so, so key. Is that, have you noticed that in your own life? Oh my gosh. I mean, this is kind of, how I've set up my whole life in this way of, you know, cultivating depth in relationships and friendships. And really some of my work is very much around community building. So yes, yes, yes. (laughs) exactly. And it's like, and it's a gift that you have in terms of really kind of helping Mm -hmm. build and bring other people into community. Um, Mm -hmm. Fives are really kind of the natural problem solvers and fixers really good at like bringing new solutions and new ideas of doing ways of doing things into the world. But it's important to kind of do the things they feel lit up by and excited by and not just what others want them to do. And then you have a six. Um, this, I, don't, I don't know if you remember the six, but the six is so much around being a very natural role model and teacher. And one of your gifts is kind of like pulling away from it all and just offering a very wise and objective perspective on what's happening. But we often live our life in three phases. So the first 30 years of your life was meant to be like trial and error galore, like not really a time to like figure it all out, but just experience as much as possible, like just like juice life. 30 to 50 is really a time to kind of embody all the lessons you've learned, see things from more perspective, finding more people are coming to you for wisdom, investing your energy in what works. And you are actually meant to hit your prime when you turn 50. And it's not because there's anything to wait for. It's just meant to keep getting better and better and better. And like you become <laughs> such an embodied example of authenticity where others become inspired to be themselves just like by being around you because like you're living it so fully that they're like, I want to do it too, you know, in my own way. And so it's like, it's really, I, I, I'm a six too, so I love it, but it is just kind of knowing that each phase is a really, um, plays a really big role and really just honoring whatever yeah. phase we're in. The peak of my impact is not, has not yet arrived. No, no, I, no. I love this idea. At age 50 and on is kind of my, my, my time to really give. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And, but it's also interesting when we think about you, you're four and a six. And so you've got these two parts of you, like one of you, like really desires to be in community and like probably Mm -hmm. in relationship and in that warmth. And another part of you wants to just like sit back and be the sage on a hilltop, just witnessing it all. Yeah. I've had this, I've had this picture in my mind. It came to me in a retreat, like 20 some years ago, I was meditating for like a week and, um, the, there was an exercise about imagining ourselves 
you know, in our 80s or 90s. And I just have always had this picture of me sitting on a hilltop under a tree and having like people come to me and like children and just like to bless them and just offer like reflection of wisdom and blessing to them. That, that, and that's really, I think, like it, it's all pointing to that. Totally. Totally. <laughs> so, and like, yeah. what a thing to look forward to. Yes, exactly. All right. Okay. So that's, did I miss anything? Did we miss anything like major components of how this system works? So, um, I will just say that human design is endless. Um, mm-hmm. there is a bajillion things that we could talk about, but I think you cover the most important pieces. I think the piece that we didn't cover that's also really core, but you mentioned is the authority. Right. And so just to kind of give people a brief taste, it's around how you make decisions. So like some people like Luke are meant to be very fast and impulsive. That's why he's an impulsive creator. Like he's meant to make decisions spontaneously and in the moment. There are some people like me that have to sleep on things and feel into things. There are people that are driven by their gut response, people that have to kind of talk things out and kind of wait for clarity to arrive through their voice. So there's this really cool aspect of our design that just helps us connect to our own knowing and and knowing that like each of us are probably going to have a different way of accessing it. Hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. I, I remember in our reading, there was this idea that like I also, like I live on boundaries and borders, whereas you live in like the kitchen. <laughs> Do I remember this correctly? (laughs) You actually do. Um, And this is, this will just give people a little bit of light into how um, nuanced human design is because like you can't actually see it on your chart. You look it up, you're like, you can't access that or it depends on where you look it up. But like often those deeper layers aren't shown. We just added it to our website, but underneath the left arrow, there are four arrows around your head. Underneath the left arrow is another part of our design. And there are six variations of it. And one of those variations is called shores. Um, another variation is called kitchens. And so that speaks to our ideal environment. So like what I shared with Luke is that like, you know, an ideal environment for him is like, he doesn't have to like literally live on a beach, but it's really good to be on the edge of things like where one thing becomes another. So being on the water is a really tangible example of that. It could also be sitting on a porch where you're like inside outside. You could also be at a restaurant where you're kind of like on the edge rather than in the middle, but like being at the edge is transition point of like expanding into something new is weirdly great for you. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. That's where I live. It's so true. I yeah. mean, I live just by the Pacific ocean here as far West as I could go on this continent, for example, here in California. So yeah, you're, you're at home in the kitchen. Yes. Uh, so yeah. Your... But it doesn't mean I have to live in the kitchen. <laughs> I remember discovering that I was like, I'm not great in the kitchen. Um, being, the kitchen is more like these things are so symbolic, you know? So like, yes, exactly. The kitchen is so much around really thriving and like creative buzzy spaces where it feels like you're at the heart of things and things are happening. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. kitchens can be an example because it's like, you know, you're hosting a gathering and like you're in the kitchen and everyone's there and you're like, this is so fun. But like, I just taught a course and it was like, it, I was like at the center of it all. It was so fun. It felt like so much was happening, you know, or like when I feel stuck, I like go work out of a co-working space or creative space. Like, so just like being at the center of things and being like, you're in this like hub of creative transformative energy is often really good. It's not a thing I meant to like access all the time. It's probably not sustainable, but like, I know that it's there for me when I need it. Right on. Okay. So we, now we kind of feel the complexity of yes. this brilliant model. And for me, it's just, it's nailed me in a way that's just so kind of mind blowing and staggering. Um, where does this come from? I'm just curious about the lineage. I know that, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about yeah. you know, how this came into being? Very mystical origins. Um, so human design has been around since 1987. It was founded by a man named Ra Uhuruhu. He's actually no longer alive, but he was the one that really received the information. So he had this very mystical experience where he was walking home one night 
and he heard a voice and the voice said it's time to work. And for basically eight days and eight nights, he channeled the system and he just received all this information as if like from an entirely different place. And he spent the next 20 years building it out. And, you know, so it's not a system that has come from like us analyzing people. It's really come from this like much more mystical place. And the way that he received it was human design merges so many systems that we've drawn on before from astrology to Kabbalah, to quantum physics, to genetics, to kind of all give us this master blueprint of how we operate. That said, and because I work with so many skeptics, I think that like, I always remind people that like, I've never tried to convince them of anything. You know, I think the information speaks for itself. Like I think what matters to me is not whether it's true, it's whether it's useful. And my experience with people is they're just like, I don't want to believe this. This is so kooky. This is so weird. But everything you're saying is like so specific and has nailed me so much that like, I need to know everything about me and everyone close to me, you know? So it, it does have a really mystical, mystical origin. And um, that's part of the magic of it. But I also just want to kind of remind people that listen to the information and see how it feels to you. That's really kind of our only job. Yeah. I mean, this is such an important point. Astrology, I've always kind of found it useful in a way, right? Yeah. Like every year I get an astrology reading and, and, you know, I, I think back actually the, the person that I think framed this the best for me is uh, Ken Wilber, who's one of like, I think one of the most important philosophers of, you know, our time. He did an interview with Tammy Simon on Sounds True several years ago in a audio series called Cosmic Consciousness, which I just love. And in that, he talks about, they've done studies on astrology, right? Studies where astrologers said, yes, this will show the validity of astrology. And none of the studies, there's, there's no scientific validity. But that, his point is like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. It's, totally. it's a story, right? It's a story that, like any other story, when we find the meaning in it, it can be incredibly useful to totally. the human soul to have a map and a model and a story that tells a bit more about who we are and our true nature. Yeah. So just as we find ourselves reflected in hero stories or in stories of gods and goddesses or in movies and tales, there's a way in which this is a story that, for me, <laughs> has been an incredibly useful story about who I am and how I relate to the world. And 100%. so, you know, there's not, uh, there's no way to prove it. And, and I can say like, holy shit, does this yeah. thing nail me in a way that uh, very few stories nail me? Yeah. And I also just think that it makes it a really accessible to acknowledge that because there are human design people that are like, it's a science, you know, and like, and, and amazing, you know, like I want everyone to really choose the approach that feels good for them. My approach is like, take it or leave it. How's it feel to you? You know? And I just yeah. find like, like when it's presented that way and I worked with so many teams and in so many corporate settings, people that I think would have been alienated are just like, okay, then tell me what it says about me, you know? And they're like actually curious and they lean in. And so like, I think like you said, like at the very least, human design offers us an amazing language and a framework to think about how we and those around us operate, yeah. you know? And like you said, it's like, I worked with tens of thousands of people and like, it has been just like, this is crazy. But also somebody's like, I want to like be a projector. I'm like, then be a projector. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> do what you want. Like often they'll discover later down the road that they're like, maybe that didn't work for me. But like, <laughs> I think that like human design is a thing to experiment with. It's a thing to play with. Mm -hmm. It's a thing to kind of like integrate into our lives and discover what happens when we really align with it or don't. And like, and so just giving ourselves the permission to kind of like be fluid in the way that we explore it, I think can be really empowering. Yeah, yeah. And this is, I think, you know, this is where it's important to have a good storyteller, right? And that's one of, very clearly, one of your great gifts is to take this information and 
uh, frame it in a way that's very relatable, actionable, digestible for people. And, you know, I think this is why people come to you. And, and I understand now you're not just, you're not, I mean, I met you, you gave me, you read my blueprint and yeah. it was this really wonderful, just private session that yeah. I highly recommend if you're still doing those, I'm but um, <laughs> you're not. Okay. All right. Well, I got in, I got one yeah, in, which yeah. was great. Um, but people can get your blueprint where you've kind of authored this as a template, right? Exactly. Um, but you're also, I understand you're also training new guides in this. Yeah. Um, can you say a bit about that? conveying this kind of ability to read and tell a really good story to others. Yeah, I think it's been such a journey, you know, I was sharing before we started recording, um, you know, people have been asking me to teach for a long time. And I think that I have been like excited by it. I wanted to do it like five years ago, but it wasn't the time yet. And like, what's so cool about launching the course now, or I just, I just taught many people is that like, I have taken literally every course out there on human design that has existed, um, that I could find in my time. Now there are obviously a lot more, but like so much of my learning has come from like sitting with thousands of people and just getting like such embodied examples of like how it actually shows up in people's lives. And so I think that what was so cool about being able to teach now and step into that role is that like, again, so much of what I share is like, not just from what I've read. It's about like what I've learned and experienced and embodied and integrated. And I think that, um, I created a course that was very much around how to deliver human design in the most practical and empowering way, you know, Mm -hmm. and like how to really share about it in a way that is empowering for people, but also like with so many practical applications, because that was missing in every educational opportunity I'd ever found. And I also found that so many educational opportunities, like it was impossible to access deeper layers of human design. And I had to like, pay so much money and spent so many years to do it. And now I'm just like, I'm going to make it accessible, you know, like, and just like, so I think that I have really, it's been so fun to kind of create an educational resource that like, I would have like, just loved to have at the beginning of my journey, but I could never find. Um, Mm. and so I really, it's been such a thrill to create and like, and it's also been really cool because what I discovered in the course is that like, I taught a lot, I shared a, a tremendous amount of information, but like the people in the course shared so much from their own lives and their own stories that helped everyone understand things in such a deeper way. And so it was mm-hmm. so nice to kind of have sharing be such an integral part of the course. Amazing. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. If people want to know more about their own blueprint or this, you know, go deeper into these studies yeah. with these, these courses that you're designing. How do they find you? So I'm at Aaron Claire Jones on Instagram and human design blueprint. And our website is human design blueprint.com. Um, if you want to get started with your own design, the best place to do that is to, um, get your blueprint book, which is basically a 55 plus page guide all around your unique design. It's totally personalized to you. No two are the same. And like you said, it really kind of walks you through all the most important pieces of your design, everything we talked about today in the most kind of practical and empowering and actionable way. Um, and that's at humandesignblueprint.com. Like I said, the discount code for that is crazy if you want to use yeah. that. Um, Thank you. And then if you want to go deep and you're like, I'm obsessed, teach me everything, Aaron, you know, whether I want to guide people or just learn more about it. Um, I am launching a new version of the course that you can go through at your own pace. And I don't know when this will go out in November, the end of this year. Um, and you can sign up for the waitlist for that at erinclairjones.com slash blueprint plus. Um, Wonderful. And I can't wait to share that too. Thank you so much. So we'll, we'll put all of that in the show notes, including the discount code for our crazy wisdom community. Thank you for that generous uh, gift. Oh, and uh, th- yeah, thank you so much for your time and sharing your, your wisdom with this kind of crazy model that is human design. Totally crazy. Thank you so much for having me. 
Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Crazy Wisdom. If you like what you heard, please do rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen. This helps new people find the show. Maybe more importantly, it helps us grow our Crazy Wisdom community. My hope for you is between now and the next time you listen, that you try one new thing, one thing that would help you live a life of deeper purpose, deeper meaning, a life of greater love. And maybe that one thing is a little different, a little odd, a little intense, perhaps even a little crazy.